When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. This is Dan Lobby. What you're about to hear is our Friday NFL Picks show. Uh, and then in the second half of the show, we have Tyler Dragon on from Cincinnati.com to preview the Bengals. But back to those picks. You're going to notice that one of our Football Insider subscribers is involved with making our picks. We bring a new one on every single week, and it's one of the cool perks of being a Football Insider subscriber. So what you get is you get access to those exclusive stories on cleveland.com slash browns that have that exclusive tag on them. Uh, you get to uh, you get access to our texting service. That's where we get our, our folks who come in and make our picks, the folks who are involved in our post-game shows. You get to, a chance to get texts from me, Mary Kay, Scott, Ellis. Uh, you get to be involved in the podcast, all sorts of great things with our text service, and you get a daily newsletter emailed to you with exclusive content you cannot get anywhere else. You should check out Football Insider. It's really great. Go to cleveland.com slash browns. Click on the blue banner at the top of the page to get more information and to get signed up. Here's our Friday podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to our Friday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. It is our picks edition of the podcast that you hear every single Friday. And then I want to let everyone know after the picks, we are going to have Tyler Dragon on again to talk about the Bengals. But first, we got to make our picks. So our panel, uh, as always, uh, Mary Kay Cabot, who is coming off a one and three week. Uh, Mary Kay, her toughest week so far to date, nine and seven overall. Uh, Doug Maurice is with us as well. Uh, Doug, you went two and two last week, 13 and 11 overall. Uh, Ellis is not with us, uh, so I'll get to him later. Joining us uh, for our Football Insider subscribers is Bruce McIntosh. And Bruce, you got a little work to do. Uh, Scott last week went one and three. Uh, oh. so you are So the textures are coming in at 11 and 13 overall. Uh, Ellis, 11, 12, and one overall, two and two last week. Bruce, we appreciate you coming on. How are you doing? Good. How, how are you today? Thanks for having me. We're doing well. Let's, let's, uh, let's get right to this. I think I get to go first. Dan, what's your record? What's your record? Oh, you record? didn't say oh, what you are. I, I went two and two last week, but I am 15 and nine. Oh, see, I thought I thought you weren't telling us your overall record because it was bad. And then you baited <laughs> me into getting you getting to brag that you're in first place. Great. I was I just wasn't saying it because I'm so humble, Doug. Yeah, it is. let me tell you, if I was 15 and nine, I would not be humble about it. So congratulations, Dan. <laughs> all right. Uh I guess I'll go first here since I am in first place. After all, I will lead us off. I went with some big lines this week uh, for the most part. And one that was not a very big line, but I'm going to start with this one. I took the chiefs minus 10 over the Broncos. 
Denver won on all field goals last week. You are not going to compete with the Kansas City Chiefs if all you can do is kick field goals. I think the Chiefs are going to win this one. I think they're going to win it big. So I feel pretty comfortable with the Chiefs minus 10 over the Broncos as my first pick. Is anybody else going with that one? I am. Nice. I picked that as well. Uh, I think it's it's a weird week of games. I, it, it's, I went with some big favorites as well. It's, it felt hard to get away from them. But Buffalo made the Chiefs run it a lot last week. I think by choice they said, you know, they got Clyde Edwards-Alaire going. But I think Patrick Mahomes is going to want to get that right arm loosened up again. And I, I think um, the Chiefs had a really good win against Baltimore. But they've also had some weird, weird games this year where they haven't necessarily looked like – the best team in the NFL every week when I think they are the best team in the NFL. And it feels like a get healthy Patrick Mahomes throws six touchdown passes kind of game to me against Denver this week. Yeah. I, I went with it too. Oh, Bruce, you, you had that one. Yeah. I went with the chiefs also. So I really like them in this game. I think they'll cover against Denver. Mm-hmm. Mary Kay, you were thinking about it. I should have picked this one. I thought about it, but that the line did scare me off just a little bit. Um, so I, I didn't pick it, but I, I can easily see uh, Patrick going nuts this week. Okay, uh, let's go to Doug. What's your second game? I'm going to say this before you can, Dan. <laughs> this was the great, we have the head-to-head matchup about in week one, the Delay Maurice principle, and from week one, the lobby principle. All right. We got Buffalo against the Jets. I started off the season by saying I'm going against Buffalo. Dan said you started off by going against the Jets. And now that they are going head to head, I am abandoning my principles and going with what Dan Lobby said to do since week one. I think the Jets have not covered this year. I I think that still holds true. I think they are (laughs) 0 and 6 against the spread. And Buffalo is coming off a rough loss. And I think this is another get healthy week. Just like I think Patrick Mahomes is going to get loosened up against Denver. I think Josh Allen is going to get loosened up against this awful Jets team. And so the even giving 13 does not seem like too much to me. I think this has 42 to 10 written all over it. So Dan, thank you for giving me the opportunity to present this game. Because if you are not betting this game, I will be flabbergasted because the smartest thing anyone has said all year on this podcast is bet against the Jets. Well, of course I'm taking this game. I couldn't resist. Uh, I don't have a whole lot to say about this, but Ellis had a lot to say. A lot to say about things in general. So now that we're bringing Ellis in here via email, I'm just going to read a couple of things he, uh, he wrote to me here. Uh, he said, I think I had a good week last week, but can't remember. So when in doubt, I lean on my never lost mentality. <laughs> now, with that being said, he's pretty sure Doug took the Packers last week. Ellis was on the Bucks Three That's weeks correct. ago, Doug was on the Raiders. Ellis was on the Bills. Being 2-0, and head-to-head versus Doug is a delight. But he is in line with us here on this one, taking the Bills minus 13 over the Jets. Adam Gase and the Jets don't score points. They were shut out last week to a Miami team that just benched their quarterback, New York averages 1.3 touchdowns per game. Call me Dan Lobby, but I would have taken the Bills minus 35 this week if I could have. <laughs> this is like my brand now, and I'm not exactly sure how I feel about all that. <laughs> That'd be my brand. Does anybody else have this game before we move on? I, I, you got, oh, Bruce? I, okay, go ahead. Bruce? Uh, yeah, I took the Buffalo Bills, uh, given the points. Over the Jets, I just think the Jets are that bad right now. And I think the Bills are playing good enough to cover. 
Mary Kay? Well, you know, I think that uh, my, my guy, Josh, will bounce back. I think he'll look good. I think it is one of those games where uh, they'll, they'll put uh, the previous one behind him and, and he'll get it going again. And anytime I have an opportunity uh, to, uh, to pick in favor of Josh, I will do it. I liked him coming out in the draft, Doug. Yes, I did. <laughs> he sucked last week, by the way. Josh Allen sucked last week. He was like 12 of 28 or something. So it was Buffalo. rainy. It was rainy. It, everybody <laughs> loves to talk about Josh, Josh Allen when he looks great. And then when he has a bad game, it's like, oh, it gets kind of forgotten a little bit. But I just think the Jets, this is, can I, I would like to be clear. This is more a Dan Labe anti-Jets pick than it is a pro-Buffalo pick on my behalf. Although I do appreciate the fact of Mary Kay taking every, every opportunity to shiv me with my Josh Allen uh, I, impression from a couple of years ago, which is justified. I, I feel like I am, I feel like I'm the guy that had the, that knew about the indie band, like all the way back. And now everybody's on board. Everybody has their albums. Yeah. All right. Can you guys tell me who they even beat in week one? Come on. Or lost two in week one. Yeah. I can't either. Actually. I was in it this was the club, bills, wasn't it? I was in this club last night, man. There's this band called, Adam Gase is terrible. They just were awesome. I'm just going to, I'm going to buy all the records. Dan Lobby, 0 and 6. <laughs> all right. Mary Kay, give us your second game. You know, I really had a hard time trying to find uh, games that I liked this week. I really struggled to find things. I, um, I went with the Seahawks over the Cardinals by three. Uh, I, I don't know. I, that's gonna, it's going to be a tough game. I mean, I, I think this is going to be a really, really interesting game. Uh, you've got, uh, you know, two really interesting quarterbacks, obviously, in Kyler and, um, and Russell, and it's, it's going to be a fun game to watch. Uh, I don't know. I don't know exactly how these guys are going to match up, but I'm going with the more experienced quarterback in this one. Short week for the Cardinals, which I think is another reason to lean towards Seattle. So I think, I think that's a good pick. Uh, let's see. I, I did not have that one. I'm looking here through Ellis's picks. He did not have that one either. So, uh, I think we can go ahead and move on and we can get, uh, Bruce's third pick. Um, my third one, I'm taking a chance here, but I'm taking Tennessee over Pittsburgh. Uh, the line I saw was minus one Tennessee. Yep. I, I think Pittsburgh going on the road, it'll be a real test for them. And I think Tennessee's playing hard. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a good matchup, but I, I'm taking Tennessee. I couldn't bring myself to pick this one. I, I was actually leaning the other way a little bit if I was going to pick it, but I just couldn't bring myself to do it. I mean, this is very clearly the game of the week, though, right? Oh, yeah, two undefeated teams going at it. Uh, I just Pittsburgh hasn't been on the road this year, so I'm, and I think they've played mostly weaker teams, so – all right. Um, and anybody else have that one? Mary Kay? I have this one and I'm probably, my, like I said, my beginner's luck ran out. I started off doing okay my first couple of weeks and I've just gone so downhill since then. And this is going to be uh, one of the games that, that takes me down the rabbit hole too. I, I, I like the Steelers. I like the Steelers in this game. And it's probably because I'm just coming off of watching the Steelers and watching that defense and knowing that Taylor Lewan is out at left tackle. I feel like that gives them an opportunity to uh, to try to exploit that weakness there a little bit. But yeah, 
I don't know. It's, this was a tough one to pick. I don't know. That was probably dumb for me to do it, but that's where I'm going. I, I mean, it's such a huge game. I mean, we're trying to figure out, I think, who the, the second best team in the AFC is behind Kansas City. And I think the answer, right, is, is either one of these two teams or Baltimore. But as, as, as much as we know about the Steelers in Tennessee and what they do well, I still don't feel like we know everything. Because I do think, as, as we all saw going into the Browns game, last week even that the Steelers haven't played the toughest schedule in the world and so I think we're far enough into the season now that I think this game will tell us a lot and I stayed away from it because because I don't I don't know the answer so the Chiefs and the Ravens each have one loss the Ravens only loss was to the Chiefs and these two teams are undefeated so I think the winner of this game is the second best team in the AFC I just have no idea which one it's going to be in it's interesting that you two are on the opposite sides of it well, the other thing that I was thinking is that, um, you know, I was very impressed by the Steelers' run defense. Now, would it have been looked as good if Nick Chubb had been around? You know, probably not. Kareem ended up getting a rib injury. Um, but I think that could be a big factor in this game. I mean, you've got Taylor Lewan out, and you've got Derrick Henry trying to go up against this really, what I think is a really stout and good run defense. So, we'll see. Okay. Uh, let's see. Doug, we need your third game here. So as Ellis pointed out, I did brag two weeks ago when I got a Miami pick very right. I made fun of Tom Brady and the Bucks last week in a pick 'em game with the Packers and, and Tampa Bay won by 70. So I would like to say in, that that in your, pick, in your defense, at least one of the teams did almost put up 40 points. That is, that is true. I just, right. So I had the right idea, just the wrong team, which is like being half right. And I also picked, Last week, the Colts to cover a big number against the Bengals, and the Colts were down 21 nothing in the first five minutes. And they came back and won, but I never had a chance to win. So my two losses last week were atrocious, which is why I picked this game. Then I said, no, 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 no. I'm going to unpick it. And then I thought, well, I don't know what I'm doing. So feeling weird and wrong about my original pick maybe is an indication that this is a good pick. It's a weird week. I have, I ended up picking three huge favorites, which I didn't want to do, but I didn't know what else to do. So I have New Orleans minus nine over Carolina. I think Carolina might be better than New Orleans, but I'm going to give nine points anyway. So I'm, this is a bet against myself. So it's, I thought it, then I unthunk it. And then I thought, I'll just keep thinking it. New Orleans minus nine. Also, Michael Thomas might be back, which seemingly would kind of matter. I, I almost went the other way in this one, uh, but my third game was Dallas and a pick em over Washington. I don't think either of these teams are very good, but come on, Dallas, even with Andy Dalton, the quarterback, can't, you can't lose to Washington. Ellis agrees with me. That's the second game we'll put out there for him. He's got the Cowboys and a pick em over Washington. No reason other than there is no way the Cowboys lose this game. If they do, Mike McCarthy probably won't have a job on Monday morning. So Ellis and I are in line. Uh, with Dallas and a pick em over Washington. And then Ellis's other game, by the way, he's going with a big line. Chargers minus nine over the Jags. Jacksonville is coming off two blowout losses to the Lions and Texans. The Chargers are coming off a bye. That's the stat, he says. So those are his, uh, those are his games. I think we've uh, flown through all three games here. Uh, let's go, Bruce. What have you got for the Browns and the Bengals? The line on this one is Browns minus three and a half. I'm sticking with the Browns to win it. I think they're going to bounce back like they did a, the first or second game of the season again. And I don't think Cincinnati's very good right now. 
if they can control Joe Burrow, the defense should we stay. I don't think they'll put up enough points. Oh, I'm I'm betting on our offense coming back. Kind of like a they need to get over some of the injuries we got, but I think we can bounce back against Cincinnati. It's a good team to bounce back against. Doug. I felt really good uh, picking the Steelers against the Browns last week. And I feel even better picking the Browns against the Bengals this week. I think I'm right with Bruce. I think this is a bounce back game. I think it's a lot of people have said since the Ravens and Steelers losses, let's see what Kevin Stefanski and the Browns do second time around against an opponent. So this is the first second time around. And I actually think it's bigger for Joe Woods than it is for Kevin Stefanski. Cause I'd like to see if they have a plan to maybe, stop the rookie QB a little bit better. Teams have been absolutely decimating this Bengals offensive line. You'd like to see this defense get aggressive and get after it. And you'd like to see Kevin Stefanski dial up a a game plan this week that makes it take some pressure off of Baker Mayfield while also giving him opportunities to make plays. You know, this is, this is a big one. This is a big one for, the perception both internally and on the outside of the Browns, I think. And I think if they have a nice solid, even better than last time against the Bengals, a a good solid, like two or three score win. I think they take control of the vibe again. And if they lose or if they barely escape by something weird, I think they lose their grip a little bit on that vibe. And I think, Kevin Stefanski, Joe Woods, Baker Mayfield, Miles Garrett. I think they seize it. I think the Browns win by 20. I think this is like a really solid, like 31 to 14, 31 to 10 kind of game. So I'm very happy to give the the small points for the Browns. Well, right, right before we uh, started recording this podcast, somebody put me on the spot uh, to make a pick for this game. And I went with Browns sort of similar to you, Doug. I gave the Bengals a few more points, but uh, 34-21 is what I went with for the Browns. I just think, you know, first of all, Joey Covers messed us all up last last time we picked this game. The line was much bigger, though. It was like six that first meeting, and then they got that late touchdown. I think the Browns are going to win this game. We don't know what's going on with Joe Mixon. I think that's big. I really like Joe Burrow. I really like some of those Bengals' weapons. Uh, but the Browns should just be better, and they should be able to beat this team, especially by, you know, four points. So I'm going with the Browns minus three and a half, as is Ellis who says, I don't feel great about this, but a belief in the Browns' run game getting back on track makes this game a carbon copy from week two. Mary Kay, what's your pick? I have the Browns as well. I have the Browns covering. And, uh, you know, I just think that the, the Bengals last year were able to rally emotionally. They felt like they could beat the Cleveland Browns, and they were so hyped up for that game last year. This year, you're, we're going into a game against the Bengals where they are splintered. I mean, you've got... Uh, you know, your longtime veterans such as A.J. Green and Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap, and they're all kind of, uh, you know, they're, they're not valued anymore. They're, the, the defenders are third down guys, and A.J. Green is like the third option, and, and there's just a lot going on. They're not really pulling together. They're pulling apart. The only way that they can win this game is if Joe Burrow, I think it would have to come from him, pulls this team together. And Joe Mixon didn't even practice again today. Here we are on Thursday, and he's not even practicing. So if he, if he doesn't play, forget it. Uh, but I think it, if Joe Burrow shows that tremendous leadership where he just puts this team on his back and passes like crazy and, you know, tries not to let Miles Garrett strip him again, uh, 
you know, they, they have a chance, but I'm not seeing it be just because of the way that they are so fractured this week. Okay, there you have it. Our, our Browns picks, just to kind of give everybody a quick recap of what you heard. Every single one of us takes the Browns minus three and a half over the Bengals. No Twitter hate coming our way uh, for these picks this time, unlike that Dallas game a few, uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, Chiefs minus 10 over the Broncos was a popular pick. I had that one. Uh, Bruce had that one. Doug had that one. Uh, so was the Bills minus 13 over the Jets. That was another one that Bruce had. I had Ellis had and Doug had other games. I took Dallas at a pick them over Washington. Mary Kay, the Bills. Uh, I'm sorry, Mary Kay, Seahawks minus three over the Cardinals. The Steelers plus one over the Titans. Bruce went the other way, took Titans minus one over the Steelers. And Doug, your leftover games, you had the Saints minus nine over the Panthers. And Ellis had the Chargers minus nine over the Jags. I think that was all of them or at least close enough to all of them. All right, Bruce, uh, we like to put our Football Insider subscribers on the spot. If we haven't done that to you already, uh, could, could you sort of tell everybody, you know, why it is that you subscribe to Football Insider and what you like about it? I like getting the daily updates, and that's why I'm subscribing to it and get all the inside information that I can about the Browns game. Uh I've been enjoying that. I just started subscribing. Well, this right before this season to, to the text alerts. So that's uh, just nice to get those reminder or updates on a daily basis. Well, we uh, we certainly appreciate it, and it's always great when we get opportunities to to see your guys' faces and have you be a part of our uh, of our podcast on a on a regular basis. We do this, of course. We do a post game show for our tech subscribers. So. Uh, if you're not like Bruce, you're not a part of Football Insider. Football Insider yet? What are you doing? Because you're probably sitting there thinking, "What are these idiots doing picking these games?" I could do that. So sign up, get involved, be a part of it. All right, that'll do it for this first half of the podcast. Stick around. Tyler Dragon is going to join us to talk Cincinnati Bengals after the break. And we now welcome on for the second time this season from Cincinnati.com, Cincinnati Inquirer, Tyler Dragon. Tyler, thanks for taking the time again. Thanks for having me on. Second time this season. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, welcome. Well, first of all, what we would like to know is we're hearing about some turmoil uh, coming out of Cincinnati. Imagine that after after a loss, right? But uh, we're, we're hearing some things about, you know, disgruntled veterans and things like that. So what can you tell us about that? Yeah, you know, Carlos Dunlap got demoted a couple weeks ago for their game in Baltimore, and he's not really taken that well. Um, he's there's trying to switch his role and have him be a third down specialist. Um, as we uh, all know, he's been a two-time pro bowler. He's been a stable on Cincinnati's defense for several years. And he's really uh, frustrated with uh, that demotion. And not only him, but you also have Geno Atkins, um, who is battling a shoulder injury, but he came back and I've been hearing that he is frustrated with his role too. Geno Atkins made the Pro Bowl just last year and is one of the best defensive tackles in all of football. And yet he's a third down specialist too. And, and he's playing more of a nose tackle role too. He's more of a three technique defensive tackle. So those two guys, they won't, well, Carlos Dunlap has said it publicly. Geno Atkins hasn't voiced his tr frustration publicly, but I have been hearing that he is well, not happy with his role. So the Bengals, on top of losing, two of their most uh, recognizable players are unhappy. 
Well, and of course, on the, on the other side of the ball, you know, A.J. Green played really well against the Colts, but there was also, you know, some chatter around him before that game. So, uh, again, he's kind of another one of those veterans that uh, I don't know, probably not the same situation as those two guys, but again, doesn't, all, doesn't really seem like he's the happiest of guys right now either. Well, A.J. Green's been a model citizen since he's been in Cincinnati. He hasn't voiced his frustration with, you know, his role. He was more so unhappy with the fact that he wasn't feeling like the old A.J. He's been battling injuries for the last couple seasons, started with the ankle injury last year, and then a training camp with a hamstring injury. So his hamstring is now starting to feel 100% from what he's saying. And he said this week he's feeling like the old AJ. And it showed in Indianapolis, but it's just one game. Uh, there was a, a little bit better appearance from him there because, you know, he had a season high in catches and receiving yards. But I want to see more of that from him uh, going forward. So, Tyler, catch us up, if you will, on what has been going on with Joe Burrow since we last saw him here. And, uh, you know, just how has he come along? How has he, has he progressed? And we know he's getting hit a lot. So, uh, you know, we're a little worried about him that way. But, uh, yeah, just kind of give us the, the lowdown on Joe. Yeah, you're right. Entering a week seven, he's been sacked the most in all of football. You do not want to see that from your number one overall pick and the player you believe is your franchise quarterback. But he has developed over the last uh, several weeks. You know, he's uh, developed better presence in the pocket. He scans the field really well for a rookie quarterback. You know, each and every week there's five, six different receivers catching passes for the Bengals he still his uh, field vision maybe sometimes uh, he gets a little bit tricked if there's zone uh, blitzes or you know defensive coordinators kind of disguise their uh, blitz packages we saw in Indianapolis he threw a game altering interception at the very end when they were trying to rally back so there are some rookie moments um, you know sometimes but He's as, uh, as advertised. I believe it's no doubt that he's the best rookie quarterback that came out of the 2020 draft, and he's playing like it. One of the areas that had to be encouraging was that deep ball to T. Higgins, um, not just because of the connection between those two, but it seems like that's an area where he hasn't quite hit his stride yet, hitting that deep ball. So uh, are you seeing progress in that area and just that connection in general between the two rookies? How important is it for that to develop? I'm seeing some progress, not a lot. They still uh, have a lot of trouble with their vertical game. T. Higgins, that was the, their really only long pass in week six, and they haven't really had any deep connection with A.J. Green or Tyler Boyd. Their biggest deep threat, John Ross, is <laughs> out of the lineup and inactive, and he hasn't, you know, uh, he's not in the doghouse, but he's really out of the rotation. So, Joe Burrow, he does, he does not have the strongest arm. We knew that coming into the season, but he's able to compensate by his accuracy. So the Bengals usually just have to manufacture deep passes, whether that's, you know, post reps or, you know, even some slants. There's not going to be a lot of go routes from Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. When you look at this matchup, uh, obviously we saw the game-changing play that Miles Garrett made when he got in there. Uh, and, and stripped Joe. So, you know, just now when you look at it, from what you've seen the Browns have gone through since then, what you know uh, Joe Burrow has gone through, what are you seeing about the matchup, uh, him against Miles and that D-line? 
Well, the whole offensive line is going to be aware where Miles Garrett is. And that week two matchup, he was switching all over the defensive line. That strip sack, he was actually a defensive tackle there. So Jonah Williams, Trey Hopkins, and the rest of the Bengals defensive line know he's going to be moving around a lot. And so they're going to be all aware of where he is. Joe Burrow said during his press conference this week that the offense has to be cognizant of where Miles Garrett is because he's a game wrecker. He wrecked the game in week two and they expect him to you know have an impact but they're trying to limit his overall impact he had nine pressures I believe in that week two game including and then that sack so he was all over the uh, Bengals backfield so they're hoping that they could contain him much better in week seven at Paul Brown Stadium. Now a guy that we don't know the status of yet but it's certainly not looking great is Joe Mixon uh, if Giovanni Bernard is the guy that comes in and, and takes on that role uh, how different does the offense look? Obviously, we know how good Joe Mixon is. Are there, are there different things they would do with Bernard? How would they kind of make that adjustment? Well, if I had to make an educated guess, I think Joe Mixon is going to play. Um, a big sign is, you know, he was out at practice. He wasn't practicing, but usually when a player is really hurt, they're on the rehab field or they're with the trainers. Joe Mixon wasn't doing any of that. He was just had a hoodie on. And today he was actually dancing and throwing passes. So that's a sign to me that his right foot feels okay. But to answer your question, they are much different uh, backs. Giovanni Bernard is more of a third down specialist, change of pace. When he's in, he's usually in, in passing situations. He can, you know, get 10, 15 carries a game, but Joe Mixon is that workhorse type of running back, a guy that you can hand the ball off to 25, 30 times a contest. And they're hoping that he is going to be 100% on Sunday. Um, if he does play, it's a question mark if he's going to be 100%, but I believe he's going to go in to um, Sunday being questionable or probable, but I do expect him to play. Let's take a look at the matchup real quick between Baker Mayfield and this Bengals defense. Where do you think they can make some hay? You obviously saw that Baker Mayfield got yanked out of that game because of a rib injury. Uh, you know, he was really upset about it. It was, you know, they're coming off of a game in which, I mean, it was just a, it was a really bad game. He's thrown uh, four interceptions in his last five quarters. Teams are starting to kind of hem him in a little bit and try to keep him in the pocket. Uh, what do you think the Bengals defense can do against Baker and, and, what about that matchup? Well, they want to put the heat on Baker Mayfield. We know that once he gets pressure on him, he turns into an inaccurate passer. I believe he's only completing a 40-some percent of his passes under duress. So the Bengals want to utilize Carl Lawson. Hopefully, <laughs> they get things situated with uh, Carlos Dunlap and Geno Atkins because those are pretty much their best pass rushers. Uh, Sam Hubbard is on IR with an injury. So those are their three best uh, interior rushers and outside rushers. So getting the heat on Baker Mayfield is going to be key for the Bengals because he's erratic with the football once, you know, he's under duress. So that's the big key for the Bengals. And they haven't had much luck putting pressure on the quarterback this year. And that's really surprising because last year it was obvious that their defensive line was the key to their defense. This year, their defensive line has taken several steps back and they have not made much of an impact this year. Speaking of that defense, the, the front especially, but the linebackers, uh, you know, I know they have some young guys in that group, and it, it felt like that was going to be a group that maybe could surprise this year. What, what have you seen from those linebackers? 
so far. It's, it's still a work in progress now. They do have young linebackers, but their veterans are the ones that are playing. Josh Bynes is the leader of that linebacker group. And you also have Jermaine Pratt. He's a second year player. So those are the two that are starting. And, you know, they've been inconsistent at times. The Bengals run defense is one of the uh, bottom in the league. And, you know, they're rookies that are in Logan Wilson. Uh, he's mainly in on third downs and passing situations. So the linebackers is still a work in progress. <laughs> I do believe that Jermaine Pratt, they want him to be the leader of that uh, linebacker group. But right now he's, you know, really inconsistent as well. So this is like the whole Bengals defense. <laughs> it's really inconsistent. And that's one of the reasons why they're one, four and one. They can't play consistent football and, you know, situational football together. I remember last year uh, that, you know, Joe Mixon just had this belief that they could beat uh, the Browns. They, you know, there was just this feeling uh, that they were going to beat Cleveland in that second game. Uh, I'm just wondering now, it seems to me that if this team is going to rally and pull together, that it's almost going to have to be on their young rookie quarterback uh, to try to rally this team and, and just kind of step up. And, and be that leader. So what do you think just about, you know, the intangible aspect of where they are mentally kind of heading into this game? Well, mentally, you have some players saying that, you know, they're not pushing the panic button and they're, you know, they're still in a division. And then on the other side, I'm hearing veteran players are frustrated over losing and losing and losing. I mean, Zach Taylor's only won three games in the last two seasons. So as far as your question, I think I'll actually that they need to rely on Joe Mixon if he is healthy. He had a career high 162 rushing yards against Cleveland last year. So he has found success against the Browns of late. This year wasn't so much in week two, but Joe Mixon does like the matchup against Cleveland. And then for Joe Burrow, rely on that running game and then build and marry that with the pass. You know, he threw uh, career high 61 passes in week two. They need a much more balanced offense to be successful. You cannot be one dimensional and win football games. He has averaged the most pass attempts per game. And that's just not going to get it done, especially when you have a running back at the caliber as Joe Mixon. So the Bengals are hoping that right foot is healthy because they want to utilize him in the backfield and have him be the key to their success on Sunday. I, I want to ask a, a bigger picture question uh, about this team and, and long-term, you know, obviously the, the record is not great. The record probably isn't going to end up being great. I, I know this isn't a team that trades out of picks a lot, but who knows, maybe they end up with a high pick and trade and add some picks, whatever it is. But I, I guess where, where do you see this team right now long-term? Are you optimistic about where they're going and where they could get? And then maybe they could start to turn this thing around sooner rather than later. Yeah, you know, if you have a, a quarterback, that's a foundation piece right there. And Joe Burrow has already shown me enough that he can be a franchise quarterback. So you have him locked up for the next several years. You just signed Joe Mixon. You signed Tyler Boyd last year. So those are three foundational pieces right there oh and you also have Jonah Williams at left tackle so those are four pieces right there you can build on offense and now you just have to worry about that defense as well the defense is a work in progress I believe uh, the Bengals will probably have a top 
five pick at worst top 10. And they're probably going to use it on a defense alignment or another offense alignment, because those are the two areas that the Bengals need to improve most upon. All right. Well, we are going to put you on the spot now. Uh, and uh, I don't know if you're ready to make a pick for this game yet, but if you are, who do you have? I have the Browns winning. That's a shocker, right? <laughs> 31 to 24. Uh, I just think that, you know, the Bengals, they're, you know, they're frustrated in the locker room right now. They're in a rebuild mode and Cleveland's coming off a terrible loss versus Pittsburgh. So I believe they'll be extra motivated and point blank. They just have more talent than this Bengals team right now. So I think the uh, Cleveland Browns pull off the uh, season sweep and win the Battle of Ohio round two. All right. All right, Tyler Dragon, Cincinnati Inquirer, Cincinnati.com to uh, get all caught up on the Bengals. Make sure you check out his work over there. And Tyler, they can follow you on Twitter. What's your handle? At the Tyler Dragon. You can follow me on Twitter. I right, make sure you check that out as well. Thanks for the time, Tyler. Thanks, Thanks Tyler. You.